What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kund, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. We talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Eric DeMar and Mitchell Billion, who is a co-founder of Munch Microgreens. Welcome to the show, guys. How's it going? Hey. Fantastic. Awesome. Awesome to hear. What's cool about this interview is we were all within like approximately 15, 20 square miles, which is great. And we got an exciting Phoenix Suns basketball game going on tonight, which I'm sure we're all, you know, you know, talk, you know, all thinking about. But before the game, uh, this is the pregame, uh, which is this interview with what you're both working on. For people that haven't heard of Munch Microgreens, can one of you kind of describe what is it? What, what, what are you both working on? Eric, you want to take that one? Yeah, so Munch Microgreens, we are an indoor vertical agriculture company. Uh, headquartered in in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, We're about a year and a half old and we're scaling up pretty quickly, um, growing growing indoor microgreens. And microgreens are a very small uh, uh, vegetable crop um, of of all different kinds of vegetables. Um, We've all heard of sprouts, uh, but microgreens are just a little bit older than sprouts. Uh, They have way more nutrition than uh, their fully mature counterparts. Um, and they're, they're just an awesome crop to, to put on garnishes, use it in, in salads as a base for a salad uh, and, and in so many more ways um, that, that they can be used. And so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll say something about, you know, real quick, that was my 30 second pitch, but Mitch, you wanna, you wanna expand on that a little bit? Because I was going to kind of jump in there. And I think it's a nice segue that Eric did. Eric's piece of the business really is like heavily focused on the plants. And it's so cool to us to be able to grow plants and like be able to offer somebody like nutritious food, healthy food, watch them eat it. Uh, like all that is super cool. But I'm, I'm like a database guy. I'm a, I'm a computer programmer. Actually, by education, I'm a mathematician. And one of the things... Uh, I'll give Eric a lot of credit for is like Eric is very good at identifying talent and business problems. And so like Eric really came to me uh, with this business and was like, do you think we could do this? Could we add like not only just this microgreens grow, right? Like there's, there's a lot of guys that grow microgreens, right? But Eric's like, take me to the moon with microgreens, right? Like uh, let's, let's go to Mars uh, here. Uh, and, and, and all joking aside, right? I'm this technology guy and I'm like, so how can I turn this into like a tech driven database ready farm 
that's just collecting every single little piece of data and like and just driving the business truly from a data perspective and that's what a farmer wants right and like that's that's what that's what agriculture wants they're always missing that, that hard data uh not maybe not always but missing a lot of hard data and so we have this really cool thing where we're technologists but we're also a farm so are we a, a tech firm that farms are we a farm firm that techs i don't know but uh i think it's a fun story and clearly uh we've gotten some traction lately and and we've gotten a lot of interest in the business that leads us to believe there's a lot of people interested in this exact idea so so yeah and yeah go for it there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on in the indoor um, vertical agriculture space right now um, with the advent uh, or the the you know increase in in availability of of artificial intelligence robotics and, and various other technologies um, there's a lot the, the 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 barrier to entry is still pretty high but that's that's what we're we're all about um, we're all about you know, trying to to innovate in the in the agriculture space, and so Mitch and I, we both uh, worked previously at an agriculture company, one of the largest uh, organic leafy greens growers in the nation, and uh, you know traditional uh, horizontal farming practices, and and we thought, okay, as as people that are you know kind of in love with technology and, and looking to do the next uh, best thing uh, to try and bring you know, produce closer to the people uh, to for sustainability purposes, as well as just for, you know, overall efficiencies, uh, price reductions, accessibility uh, of healthy nutritional food. Um, that's why we, we started this, you know, this venture. Um, so, um, and so our goal is, is to, to, you know, really be able to put plants into a, into a, a factory, right? A, a man, we like to call it like biomanufacturing. You know, our, our, our goal is to put seeds into this into this plant, this uh, uh, biomanufacturing facility, and then out would come fully packaged uh, salad kits and bulk uh, uh, microgreens. You know, we're starting with microgreens, but really the, the play is about the technology and, you know, the, the biomanufacturing technology side of it. Um, so without any human effort, right, to, to be able to put seed in and out comes your, your your product um, one day one day <laughs> yeah that's that's really what we're working towards um actively and so um yeah we think there's just so many benefits to to you know utilizing this technology in robotics um to to lower the food you know the cost of, of food production and and to increase our our foot or you know reduce our carbon footprint you know as a society so yeah so so how do so ultimately so help me understand like how it works. So ultimately you have this very, very techno technologically driven farm where you're growing microgreens. And then ultimately what you do is like once they're grown, you package them up and then like sell them and sell these packages of microgreens to people that want vegetables for their salads, et cetera. Or kind of what what walk if I was a customer, I guess walk me through what that would like, what that would look like. Yeah. So I guess we've taken a little bit different bent than a lot of uh, microgreen growers in the past. And uh, the, the real piece of it is, I guess, on sales strategy, right? That a traditional microgreens grower has a very high cost. And so they sell these, they sell these microgreens. They're gorgeous greens, but they sell them at a really high price point. So you'll see them like sprinkled on top of a hamburger. And it's because they, they, they don't have the technology to bring their price down low enough, right? 
They don't have that technology that says, I can take this and I can bring that price down. So me and Eric come along and our idea is, and I'll, I'll, I'll swing one of these by your office because you're so close. I'll bring you a salad kit, okay? What if, instead of, what if instead of having a, uh, a, a full-blown like big leaf salad, you had this gorgeous, gorgeous blend of flavorful and nutrient-dense microgreens in a whole salad, right? And that was your whole salad was just the microgreens. Well, of course, with, you know, you're going to have, if you want chicken, if you're vegetarian, whatever, you're going to have peppers and different other toppings and dressing and everything. But the base of it isn't like big leaves of lettuce. It's these itsy bitsy little plants. And it's kind of an untapped market. We don't know if it's going to work or not. We have a lot of interest and we're like, do we're currently making sales of it, but, uh, it's kind of the wild west too, right? Do people respond well to that? Do they not? And I think our our findings increasingly day after day is that like people do respond really well to this and they really like the salad kit idea of microgreens, but it takes the tech to bring that down to people. If I don't have the tech, that just means I have to have like somebody, I have to pay somebody what? 30, 40, 50, whatever thousand dollars a year to sit there with the clipboard taking notes or I can have an IOT chip. I can have a sensor. I can have all of those things just set up, ready to go. Uh, we can control the farm, not completely yet. We're still working on it, but essentially I could sit here. I'm in my living room right now in South Phoenix and the farm is up by the airport. I could just sit there and like control the farm, right? I could turn the water on, turn the water off, or I could just set a schedule. I could give them nutrients. I could change the nutrient blend. I could change the amount of light, change the time. And you'd have to have a, you'd have to have a guy to do that, or a guy or a gal that knows agriculture to do that for you traditionally. But not if you embrace the tech, right? And and that's where we're at with it. So like, bring it in and and make it happen. Make make this idea that food can be automated a, a reality for people, and you can bring that price point way down. And uh, we think that's huge. We think that's a huge revelation. And then I'll just tell you when. Uh, when they're small like that, I, I hate using the comparison, but people always talk about like veal versus lamb or whatever, right? Like the babies taste better. <laughs> you wouldn't believe, like, I will show you some arugula that will light your mouth on fire. I'll show you some kale that when they call it butter kale, there's a reason they call it butter kale, but you only get it when it's a baby. I'm going to give you that flavor dense, nutrient rich butter kale and you're gonna be like what that's buttery or i'm gonna give you that fire arugula and you're gonna be that's spicy arugula is not supposed to be spicy it's like yes it is but not when it's this big right only when it's small so it's cool I mean, man it's cool. i mean why 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 do you st i guess two questions what's the origin story for the company but like i think more importantly for me like what what about microgreens is so exciting to both of you? Like, obviously you're both super into this, which is like, which is awesome. But like, why, why microgreens? Why not this type of green? Why not this technology? I'm just curious to hear the origin story here. So uh, the, um, the origin story was Eric and I were working at a very large uh, leafy green producer in Arizona. And our office was, on a campus of trailers, like double wide trailers. And there wasn't enough room for everybody. So Eric and I were in the same office together. And it just turned out 
like kind of like nerd love Eric right like uh, <laughs> um, we we just started talking about all this nerdery uh, of like oh but if you have the technology you could do this 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 and this and this 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 and this and so it the tip of the spear was really I wrote this grant application to the USDA not just me I had other people in the company involved in it for a ton of money. And the, the, the line on it, when they killed it, because the first whole half of their response was about the promise and how good of an idea my ideas were. But this is a private company and we don't really think that um, they'll be able to do it. And the company wasn't willing to just invest the funds in my idea either, they wanted the grant. And so Eric and I just kind of said, and the idea was 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 uh, automatic irrigation. So it was, it was yeah, automatic being able to control the entire irrigation aspect of multiple farms, thousands of acres, with like you know your computer or you know like you roll the video game controller. <laughs> I'll let you roll with why microgreens, Eric. Yeah. So um, microgreens. Uh, so this is our this is our first barrier in or our our first um, you know time doing indoor you know vertical agriculture and so to us you know we, we think you can do big things with the tech um but it's a very capital intensive business it, it really is agriculture um you know there's a reason why you've got these these family farmers that have been doing it for generations you know they, they own the land and you know etc um it, it's it's hard to get into with with your you know your your commodity driven crops uh, uh, that, that sell for, you know, 50 cents a pound, a buck a pound. Um, microgreens, on the other hand, uh, command a, they're, they're a premium product. They, they truly are right now. Most people don't even know that they exist. Um, they'll eat them and they'll just kind of th not even think twice about them because they're just a garnish. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're a lot more delicate uh, to grow, um, but there's, there's so many benefits to them. And, and, I mean, just, you know, if you, if you pay attention enough, you'll see that the popularity of, of this type of crop is just going up exponentially. Um, and, and for good reason, uh, you know, the, 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 the amount of time it takes to grow the, the crop from, from seeding to maturity, to when you actually harvest the crop, is about two weeks, which is ex uh, not a lot of time at all. You know, if you, you think about your mature kales, I mean, that's Can I jump in there real quick, Eric, because you just mentioned the two week time frame. So for me as a technologist, I want to get like tests on a crop. Right. And I want to give a test to my technology to prove that my technology can do it uh, or our technology can do it. And if I had to wait, so Eric's going to go into the length of mature kale and all that. But if I had to wait like 90 days to get like one revolution of the tech on the product. No good. I have two weeks with microgreens. So I get to keep doing like iteration, 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 iteration. And that's huge. But keep going, Eric. Sorry. Sorry to butt in. Oh, that's, that's a that's a good good point. Um, so you can you can turn your product um, a lot quicker and you can capture really good margins. Uh, so there's this, I think there's this sweet spot in, in the microgreen space right now where uh, and especially in Phoenix, where you don't have too many players. Uh, so we think we can come in and, and really, um, you know, <laughs> kick some butt and, and use growing uh, uh, 
methodologies that most people aren't aren't doing. Even other microgreens growers that are growing in a greenhouse, right? You go in a greenhouse, and it and it it's 110 degrees out in June or July. You know, you can't you can't. It's hard to grow leafy green leafy greens or or microgreens in in those temperatures. And so you move it indoors, and it just opens up, and you go vertical. I mean, it opens up a whole another world of of what the possibilities are. Um, so, you know, that there's a reason why, um, you know, in the middle of the summer, uh, all the produce, you know, all the produce that we're getting from in, right here in Phoenix isn't grown in Phoenix, right? It's transported from other parts of the country. It gets on four different trucks and it's processed at two different facilities before it makes its way to the grocery stores two weeks after it's been harvested. So the benefits to, you know, growing indoors, growing vertical for us is, is huge with technology. And, and it just so happens that we stumbled upon this amazing crop that turns in two weeks that has incredible margins right now that can allow us to scale. We're trying to bootstrap the business. Um, one of the mistakes that we've seen a lot of other tech companies do is they're tech companies in agriculture specifically though right exactly tech companies tech companies or or you know a bunch of other tech entrepreneurs will you know they have a good tech network they get a bunch of venture funding of seed funding i mean i'm talking tens of millions of dollars they invest it into these amazing facilities with amazing technology and you know, because this is a capital intensive business, but you know, the, these crops, they don't have the highest of margins and these, you know, the people that are investing in these companies, eventually they're going to want to return on that investment. And so we're just watching these companies that have been around for, you know, five years or whatever fold because their investors want their money back. And they're and just, plants it's just don't play plants don't play by uh, bankers timelines right like plants don't care it's like i'm a plant i'm gonna grow when i grow and then it's like you got the banker being like i need it on monday the 15th and the plants like well i'll be ready when i'm ready uh and so like i don't i don't really care about your money supply um and so there's a science there right but there's not it's not it's imperfect uh to say the least so yeah. Yep. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, and I was just, I'm just kind of wondering as you, as you built this out, what would you say like the big, the big vision is here? Like, do you want to raise funding? Do you, is it just going to be bootstrapped or forgetting, forgetting about funding, like just five, 10, 15 years from now, what, what do you want this to look like? Like what's the, what's the big vision for your company? I want us to be a lifestyle brand. Uh, so Munch Microgreens for me and Eric, I believe, is the first in a long line of businesses that envelop a healthy lifestyle and living brand, right? Like salads kind of typify healthy living, but I would like us to get into all sorts of different healthy food and different uh, healthy practices that allow us to use anything where we can use the technology to like revolutionize that. I think that's my play. Like I would love to see us and 
man, we have some cool stuff happening on like the marketing uh, standpoint and like uh, all that, but like, it really doesn't just have to be just salad kits, right? Like salad kits isn't a lifestyle. You, you got to kind of have all of it and, and really pushing the needle on using this technology. What can we do to a lifestyle brand? And what, what can we do with uh, a company that has kind of their feelers out for future state crops, commodities, flavors, lifestyle stuff that uh, really makes the future happen, like makes the market expand. We are like, to Eric's point, we are not a competitor, right? I'm not a competitor. I, I do not view us as a competitor to lettuce. I don't. I view us as a market expansion. Now there's lettuce and us. I don't, I don't want to take on lettuce or spinach, right? Even though we grow the same stuff, I don't want to take on lettuce or spinach. Why? Because Eric said it, lettuce and spinach sell for like a buck a pound. So, okay, that's fine. So let's make a new, let's make a new market, right? And expand that into how do people incorporate this into their lifestyle? It's more nutritious and it's better uh, from the standpoint of it being more nutritious and more flavorful. Okay, so now you have this lifestyle of people who want hyper-local food, who want uh, nutritious food with nutrient density that far surpasses the spinach and the lettuce that they're getting. Uh, and, and now we can give it to them. Now we can get it to them and we can give it to them. Where do we go from there? I'm not exactly certain. I'm not going to lie to you because I'm like a pit bull for the everyday. I'm a pit bull for what we're doing right now. But big-term vision really is to move into other food products and maybe even non-food products that really correspond with the brand and really correspond with our values. And those values are just clean living, uh, decent people and a focus on local economies. And so one of the things is uh, we can't serve the whole country off of our farm in Phoenix, right? So that means we open one up in Los Angeles. We open one up in Dallas. We open up one up in Minneapolis, Chicago, right? So if Munch is to be for the people and Munch is to be uh, a lifestyle brand, it means we need to be a lifestyle brand. And I just want to take it back a little bit because one of our selling points with the technology is that like a lot of farmers get ripped off by technology firms that they don't care about farmers and they're not farmers. I think we're probably one of two in the country and don't want to talk bad about the other one because they're really good guys and we've done a lot of work with them. Uh, but we're, we're one of only two tech firms in the company that are actually farmers building tech for themselves. Otherwise you get, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, defense contractors, people who build missiles. Uh, <laughs> I, seriously, weapons of war and all stuff like that. And they're like, oh, look at this we can turn this little database we got here into something for the farmers and the farmers will love it. Like we've been surveilling land so long for the military. Why can't we just turn that into a farming app? And it's like, yes, you can. And you've sure got a lot of data, but at the end of the day, you're not farmers and you don't know what farmers need. And so like, there's a very wholesome lifestyle piece of that where it's like, we're not just tech dudes. We're tech dudes who farm. And we do farm. We have a real farm. And like, I think that means a lot to both Eric and I that we really 
have a farm in South Phoenix, right? We can, we can go to that farm, we can look at the plants, we can eat the plants, and then we can look at the tech and deal with the tech. And it's all right there. That's like, uh, that's huge. And that puts us in the position to be like a lifestyle brand where it's like, we're gonna be boots on the ground with our customers. And we are gonna be in it with our customers, not because we have the ability to just like capitalize on these people, because we're actually gonna like build a business around their lifestyle and what they, what the customers want and demand. And that's where I see it going. Yep. And it's, you know, it's all about, it's all about the technology for us. How can we build awesome technology? that's going to fulfill our needs for microgreens, but also other, other verticals that we go into. And then how can we, you know, continue to apply that technology um, in meaningful ways to people that, that need it. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of big pie in the sky ideas that we have um, that I don't think we, want, we need to go into today, but um, no, the, the future is looking great. And if someone wanted to learn more about this, um, find you online, become a customer, anything like that, how can they find you? Do you have a website, social media account, you know, email address? How can someone kind of get in touch and, and learn more? Yeah. yeah so, w- okay. www.munchmicrogreens.com on Instagram at munchmicrogreens on Twitter at munchmicrogreen or via email, hello at munchmicrogreens.com. Cool. Well, I, I think uh, what, what you're both working on is super interesting and very cool. And I love the love, the equal love for the for the farming and the technology. And I appreciate you both coming on to the podcast and telling me all about it. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us.